Good evening, ballers. Welcome to the 14th episode of A Step Back. Sir. (laughs) (laughs) Here, my main man, Jacob Moses, and our special guest tonight. Well respected. Be reverend. Robert Holiday. Welcome, brother. How are you feeling this evening? Good, good. What's happening, fellas? Glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. Thank you oh, for no, coming no, on. no problem. Thank you for dedicating your time, man. This is a real honor. So, uh, this, this is a highlight for the week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, well respected member within the group. You know, you uh, definitely see your comments and, and, and your activity within. It's nice to finally have you on screen and get to know you better because, you know. It, you provide a lot of wisdom, and it's, it's just an honor for us to uh, spend this time with you tonight. And thanks for the kind words. No, no, no problem. No, we need to start preaching. You preach that basketball, man. But, man, what, one thing, listen, I don't know about wind, share, buff, replacement, and all that other stuff, man. You know. <laughs> Minus seventy when this person on the floor, you know. So I don't, I don't, re- I don't reject that stuff, man. You know, I'm just like, I just, I'm not smart enough for it. So, you know. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out half of it out myself, and it's a, it's a bit convoluted, but it, it still makes sense. But it all, I can still see with my eyes, so it's all good. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Balance, right? Balance. <laughs> We've been celebrating in, within the group 70s week, so, taking it back to your Afros, your Pumas, got the Clyde, the Converses. That's cheekies. <laughs> <laughs> got the Afro pick. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm working on one myself, you know, considering this quarantine, no hair. I'm, uh, I mean, you got pretty good there. I'm good. Bad. This is... uh. And this is with like using the sponge brush now, man, because it would just be, I it's, it's wild, man. You know, I'm gonna get enough courage to go to the barber shop one day. <laughs> what are you putting in your hair? It's just uh, juices and berries. Yeah, that's it, man. Just juices and berries, man. <laughs> you got me, man. <laughs> I. I, I have the good people hair, man. So. <laughs> My kids got mine, so it's a wrap. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Y'all cracking me up, man. <laughs> We're taking it back to 70s week, and we've been looking at a few of the games within the group, you know, taking a look at the players, you know, Willis Reed, Walt Frazier. Jerry West and so on. Uh, Robert, you know, we've been trying to learn about the game, uh, much of the players. Uh, you know, what, what, what fan are, what fan of team are you? Chicago Bulls fan. Oh, my dad so used to take, <laughs> my dad used to take me down to the, uh, <laughs> what they used to call the old barn. It, it, it was, it was before the house that Michael built. And, uh, <laughs> Man, we would get in there, and it's like one of those legendary places uh, where your feet were sticking to the floor. 
you know, rats in the locker room and all that kind of stuff, man. But it, it was it was electric. It, it was electric. So that just kind of born the passion right there. And uh, I just grew up that Bulls fan. Who's your uh, favorite player growing up? Man, on my team, uh, my favorite player was Norm Van Leer. And uh, he, I think he's like a three-time All-Star. Uh, he was like that throwback point guard, man. The Bulls had this dynamic backcourt, him and Jerry Sloan. Uh, everybody just know him from coaching Utah. But, man, Jerry Jerry, Jerry had game, man. I, I, I might be misremembering this, but I think at the two-guard position, he averaged like about seven rebounds a game and probably like 15 to 17 points or something like that. But they locked down on defense, so – and. Norm nickname was Storm and Norman. So he was like this 6'1", all this energy, man. This dude had the bean bag and uh, uh, doing psychedelics and uh, uh, <laughs> mushrooms and stuff, man. And, man. He, you know, they would see him around town. He had the bell bottoms on and the stacks and stuff, man. And there was a real fear of him among uh, some players, man, because uh, he uh, either famously or infamously chased a, a player around the court with a chair, but <laughs> you played against those teams, man, it, it was it was awesome to watch because you had uh, him and Jerry in the backcourt. You had Tom Borwinkle at the center, and he was a high post center, and he could pass off the post. I think one time he got like about 20, 22 rebounds in one game one time. Then you had Bob Love, and you had Chet Jet Walker. Got him from the Philadelphia 76ers. And so, man, you had two fours that was about 6'9". And those teams, man, they they, they, they was fun to watch. And uh, Norm, Norm used to cl- clash with Coach Dick Mata. Mm-hmm. And so you – he took the, uh, I think, Supersonics. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. He took the Bullets. He, it, was, it wasn't always the Washington Wizards. They was the Bullets. Took them to a championship. Yeah, so, man, but Norm, man, it was just – and I think it's because he probably didn't have the most talent in the world, uh, you know, like the smooth jump or anything like that. But he made, like, a, uh, a scrub like me feel like I can uh, play the game, man, you know, because <laughs> he he was that throwback point guard, man. You know, like, man, you open, you stay on the floor. Kind of like a, I think I had told you, like, Pat Beverly – but even kind of think of a Rondo without holding the ball for 22 seconds so you can get the dime. <laughs> Rondo. That's a, that's a that's pretty good uh, comparison. You played back in the day? Man, I first played in sixth grade. was the first time I ever touched basketball. And even though, like, you know, I'm this big, fat dude now, I was so weak back then, man, that I had to uh, – even from the free throw line, or I had to shoot free throws on the hand like Rick Barry. But if I shot from more than uh, five feet out, I had to shoot a hook shot until I got like in about eighth grade, man, because I I didn't have the strength. <laughs> I was this little scrawny kid, little short scrawny kid. So I didn't have the strength to shoot the J up, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned like Pat Beverly and, and those comparisons. Who was your favorite player that wasn't on the Bulls? Favorite player that was on the Bulls. You know, and it was a few of them, but some of them stuck out to me. Uh, I was an Elvin Hayes fan. Uh, 
I was a West Unsell fan. Um, I loved Hondo Havlicek. And I was probably one of the few brothers that loved Dave Cowens, who was a, a center on the uh, Celtics, man. You know, so you know, I mean, if you just like kind of stick to the '70s era, mm-hmm. but I, I I loved me some Elvin Hayes, man. I think even now, when they talk about the top power force, they sleep on him because a lot of people don't think basketball started until the '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm. Okay. But man, Elvin Hayes, he would get the ball, and it'd be electric, and all you hear the whole crowd would go e. And man, he, <laughs> it was sweet to watch, man. It was sweet to watch. Yeah, you you mentioned Dave Cowens and 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 any of the players we saw uh, Celtics game within the group. And Jacob, do do you have a comparison to to Dave Cowens? I said Paul Gasol. Because you know how awkward power is. Like, he's skilled, but he plays a little bit awkward. And just as – I said Mullen at first because, you know, the lefty thing and, you know, kind of smooth with it. But he played his game a little bit more. And as the game went on, I was like, wow, that reminds me of Powell a lot. I'm like, that's really – That's a great comp, man. That's a great it. comp. Yeah. And just the movements and all. And I'm like, wow. Like, he studied this guy. Right? <laughs> That's pretty yeah. man. That is that is pretty good right there. Thank wow. You. So you first saw Chris Marlin? Yeah, I first saw Chris Marlin because like I saw him do a move across the lane, and then the lefty. You know when you see something because Chris looked like he had the same exact form and everything, but mm-hmm. as he the game progressed and he did something like some kind of move that he made. I'm like wait, and then he went to the line and how he held the ball and everything. I was like wait a minute, Leon, that's Pell right there. Exactly how he plays. Oh my yeah. wow! But Dave Cowan, awesome. he was definitely a he was great. <laughs> Just watching like a lot of it. Wow, because I like big dudes that can move. Like they can mm-hmm. move. You know the he had like a running hook, like going across the lane. He had a nice little running hook. I like stuff like that. You know yeah. I don't mind the jumpers. You know the mid range. But if you can get down on a block and do what you can do with your size, I love that. That that's nothing better. I than think he played center. Yeah. Six eight, a six eight center man, and and well, he was elected to the fifty greatest players as well. Mm-hmm. But he can legit ball, man. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and he was one of those players. Like if he wasn't on your team, it just aggravated you, man. Because you're <laughs> like, this dude killing us, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's funny, like when you every time I think about Chris Mullin. And I'm not saying it because they're the same color, mm-hmm. but the player I always kind of comped him to, and I might be wrong, mm-hmm. was Rick Barry. Because Rick Barry, he played in the ABA as well. But, and I know, you know, we give Scotty a lot of love on this, which is true. Mm-hmm. But Rick Barry was kind of, um, you know, kind of like the original point forward there, man. You know, and uh, that's, that that dude, could, he could shoot, man. <laughs> Yeah, and what he had like over a ninety percent free throw percentage, mm-hmm. flipping the ball underhanded, man. But he 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 could ball for real. Mm-hmm. He could ball for real, man. His his kids just got half his genes. <laughs> they, they play they play more like their mother. Except <laughs> Brent, Brent can jump. Yeah, Brent can jump. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So you see, uh, Jacob, you got the the Knicks uh, nonsense on tonight. 
Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every 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 show he disappoints me with his wardrobe. Actually, Listen. no, last week he was good. Last week he was good, but yeah, I had the yeah, I'm good. I had to, I got to run the squad. We look. We had a watch party in the group for the seventy uh, NBA title with the Knicks and the Lakers. Uh, the likes of Walt Clyde Frazier, Willis Reed making his uh, triumphant return for game seven against Wilt, Jerry West, and the Lakers. Uh, you know, here in New York. Like Jesus on that team? Uh, no, not yet. No, no, not yet. Okay. Um, so, Black Jesus. We, you know, watching the Knicks here in New York, you know, Frazier does the games and whatnot. You hear him, I hear him talk about it, but I haven't really, like, looked at his game. And I didn't realize, like, he was, like, legit a star. I mean, he could shoot. His defense was much better than I thought it was. Um, I mean, he really surprised me. Uh, what are your memories and, and and thoughts on, you know, the Knicks and Walt Frazier and, or even when they later on got Earl Monroe? I back then, uh, how we see all the games now – it was probably like a game a week. And so we got to see them more when they came to our hometown. Uh, like, do you guys know anything about UHF? Is that like oh, the, the antenna? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, what like, I like regular TV is like on VHF, where mm-hmm. the Bulls were like on UHF, uh, which is not a Spanish station here. It's so funny. Uh, and so, you know, we would see them a couple times a year, but the smoothness of Clyde Frazier was just uh, something to behold. Uh, a lot of people felt like he should have been the MVP of that series, you know, that Willis winded off that legend thing or whatever. But if you look at Clyde's numbers, man, I mean, those guys, they were unstoppable. I'm, I'm a proponent of that the great players can play in any era because they would have the benefit of all the things now mm-hmm. but when you look at like you say his defense uh can can score who can stop him from getting to the uh holding and everything i mean it was just so smooth to watch it is hey man this this dude's still one of the smoothest dudes in the world now man. <laughs> <laughs> but just the the, the beauty get uh, like when you had like uh say like sloan and van leer they were mm-hmm. gritty but you take somebody like uh, Frazier or even Monroe, they were so smooth with their game, man. And that's the New York style, you know. That's definitely what's honed on the playgrounds of New York, man. Yeah, and it's it's smooth to watch. He's a smooth cat, you know. I happen to take a look at his uh, shoes he put out put out in '73. Do you do you have any old sneakers? Coming up, my dad wouldn't let me buy them, man. He, <laughs> I had one of those dads that gym shoes would ruin your feet, so you had to wear regular shoes every day <laughs> until I rebelled in eighth grade, man. <laughs> Back then, the biggest shoes was All Stars, and they was like twenty three dollars, man. And we used to have a saying: "Don't get the shoes that slip and slide; get the shoes with the stars on the side." And my dad would be like. You get these twelve dollar kids, and you and you gonna like them, you know. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, I have uh, uh, one of my one of my bonus daughters bought me a pair of All Stars like two years ago. She heard me talking about it, and they what we call the egg bottoms. They the, the classic All Stars, man. They they black with the white trim on them and everything, man. I could have cried that day. It was just like, <laughs> look, I got him. <laughs> you can't make me not wear these. Yeah, man. So, but so what we used to call those was Chinese gym shoes. Why I don't know, but that's that's what we call. It wasn't nothing derogatory. I don't know what it was, man. That's what we called them on the street. Yeah, you, you had Chinese gym shoes. <laughs> No offense to anybody Asian who's gonna watch this, okay? <laughs> just just giving some historical perspective. Hey, that's what's needed today. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, at- those 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 were uh some uh some very smooth players, especially in contrast to guys like Phil Jackson, you know, who kind of clumsy and everything, but serve that purpose, that defensive, gritty person. They, those kind of glue kind of guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So you look at the NBA players in comparison to the other league, the ABA, high-flying, three-point shots, you know, more on athletics. Did you have right, a preference right. of which game now, to see, watch? ABA games wasn't televised so much, so you would always hear the rumor about the ABA. And so I've gotten to look at old footage. Um, I One of the greatest books written about that is by a guy named Terry Pluto, uh, who was a sports writer out of Cleveland. Uh, God, how do I remember all this? I can't remember every stance to Amazing Grace. Uh, wrote in Chicago for a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but he wrote a book about the ABA, and this is the definitive Bible of the ABA. Because now, when they did the merger uh, here in Chicago, we got Artist Gilmore, the A-Train. Um, Dr. J was part of the Nets, but they traded him to Philly. Because uh, Philly, uh, <laughs> y'all shaking your head. Because Philly at the time had George McGinnis, who was part of the Indiana Pacers at one time. But McGinnis, they McGinnis was so hyped that they actually asked him, "Is it okay if we bring Julius Irving over?" You had guys like Larry Keenan, uh, who played on the Spurs, who, as it was typical back then, at the end of his, his career, he came to the Bulls. You had George Iceman Irvin, who at the end of his career came to the Bulls. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you guys remember Dan Issel from uh, coaching the Nuggets, I believe. I mm-hmm. think he played on a team like the Virginia Squires or something like that. Oh, wow. So you had these guys, uh, like one of the best Indiana Pacers who ever played is a guy named Mel Daniels. So you had all of these guys who who could have made it in the NBA, but the ABA, they was playing, they, they paid them. Now what mm-hmm. they did is they gave some of them some outrageous contracts, you know, but not reading the fine print. They didn't realize that they was gonna be paid the balance of this over fifty years, you know. Oh, so you had oh things like that going on, but you had some smooth guys who came over and who um some wasn't at the end of their career. I think they used to call Dan it's the big horse or something like that. And he was a baller for real. Had some had some real ballers, man, who uh 
who could have played in a more established NBA, but the style and the flair. That's where we got the three-point contest from. That's where we got the slam dunk contest from. They used to use their red, white, and blue basketball. And so they had all the gimmicks and all the flair. If you look on YouTube, Artis Gilmore is the 7-1 guy, uh, reportedly the strongest man in the league. It's in the slam dunk contest. Think about that. Here's a seven-one guy, <laughs> like like Dwight Howard, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not as athletic as Dwight, and so he's just like you know this big lumberjack. <laughs> the A train can ball, man. Mm-hmm. I'm I've I've been on this thing for years that if Gilmore, who just it's a shame, just got in the Hall of Fame within the last couple of years, Robert Parrish is no better than him. Mm-hmm. That, that's just that's just my personal opinion, and I mean this guy he he routinely shot over sixty percent in his career, mm-hmm. and he the straight ball. You looking it up, Jacob? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Verify me, man. Because if I'm misremembering, man, just count it to the gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, so, you, mate, you, you had those guys. So. The difference is between the NBA and ABA game, watching a bit of an NBA game, like I noticed the dribble, they can only dribble with one hand side to side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and the rest were in the middle of a court. And the free throws were, were a bit weird too. Is that, apparently, so once they got in the penalty, they shot three free throws to make two. Yeah. Oh, wow. Three, to, three for two, two to make one. Some, yeah, that crazy mm-hmm. stuff, man. I mean, just think, the athleticism. Okay, you had a couple athletic guys in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, before Dr. J, you had Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. And for Elgin Baylor to be a small forward, I think he averaged like 11 rebounds a game. And he was a high-flying guy. You had Connie Hawkins, who was a uh, black ball from the NBA for a minute, but played in the ABA. And then I think he went to the Suns, and he was still an all-star. Mm-hmm. He played above the rim. So, but it was so few and far between because I just think if you ever look at any old video, you see, go back to the 50s, you'll see Bob Cousy. You'll see him doing all the dribbling around people, going in circles or whatever. That was considered, you know, progressive and athletic. But now you just got, you know, the fundamental, the chest pass. And uh, I don't know if they did this when you guys was playing. Like we had to stand on the free throw line. We had to take that step and do the chest pass, take the step and do the bounce pass. And so the NBA scene, where it was more regimented, the ABA was like, man, look, we have flying. We're going to do this, baby. Bring bring the girls, bring uh, look up a guy in the ABA called Fly Williams. Drugs kicked him out of the league. You had guys in the ABA who was flying. You're trying to do this big afro named Darnell Hillman. These guys was high flying. They was dunking, and uh, some of them couldn't shoot like a lot of players today. But they, <laughs> but they, <laughs> but they could fly high, man. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that the the flashy passes, the flashy dribble. I'm gonna give you a few names. You tell me who they. I guess they, you compare them today. Uh, Earl Monroe. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. 
That's a hard one for me. Uh, who playing today? That's like Earl Monroe. You watching him? When you watch the video, who, who who came to mind for you? I thought um, Bradley Beal. Okay. Okay. That's actually that's good. That's really good. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. That is very underrated. Very. But now, but he, now, he, now, here's my question for you. And just from you guys watching it, mm. would you say Bradley's the number one and where's Earl the number one? Mm. I, I I thought Clyde was number one, but... Yeah, Clyde was definitely number one. But he was, well... Hmm. Now, remember, when he came to the Knicks from the Baltimore, a, yeah. he... Calmed his game down mm-hmm. because they said them two was not going to be able to play together. Mm-hmm. Jacob, I know you probably read everything about the Knicks since they in- inception as the Knickerbockers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so he t- he tailored his game mm-hmm. to fit in there. Mm-hmm. So he had a lot of razzle-dazzle and a lot of flash on his game. But uh, I can respect very much what you're saying about Bradley, though. Because he's more of a mid-range guy. You know, he can step out, but rarely he'll usually step in and he'll hit the mid-range. And Earl Monroe, from what I watched, he was definitely a mid-range guy. He was smooth around the rim. But, you know, you give him that 15 to 17, he was hitting it all day. Yeah, he could score from yeah. anywhere. That, that spin move was just – that was his thing. Uh, uh, wow. Jesus name, that black Jesus name was earned. <laughs> now, earned. You, you, you guys know who they say discovered him, don't you? Mm-hmm. The architect of the Bulls six championships, Jerry Krause. <laughs> really? That's, that, that's the legend, man. Listen, when <laughs> hey, I I don't know. That's the legend. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, not a Krause take, fan, huh? No, I mean, I'm just saying. I find it funny because he's going to take credit for everything. So I, I believe those words. <laughs> Who, who, who else you got? And we see if I saw that person play. Okay. Pete Maravich. Mm. The easy comp is uh, Jason Williams, but he was so much more. This, no hyperbole, what I'm going to tell you. Back then, they were the New Orleans Jazz. My dad took me to the stadium. And have you guys ever seen that old NBA commercial where they show Larry Bird? And he falling out of bounds and he shoot over the backboard and the referee yes. wave it off. Mm-hmm. No lie. I I had never been so impressed. Shot clock running down. It was four bulls around Maravich. Maravich hit the same shot falling out of bounds. And I remember being a little kid, mouth just open. I just could not believe it. He played on some suck teams. Mm. My <laughs> God. I mean, just a, this guy averaged 50 points a game in college. Mm. 50.4 points a game at LSU, man. And you know who's getting the ball. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that was the most fascinating thing about it. I thought he was kind of hard to, to, to find a comparison to. I, I probably find him close to Iverson. Okay. 
but it, it was it was he was very hard to to try to find a person for. But Mary, yeah. the yeah. reason why I went to uh, Williams was because of the fancy passes. Mm-hmm. But I could definitely see with the handle stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nate Archibald. Wow, tiny Archibald. I automatically default to CP3. Uh, mm. I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, but I, I defaulted him. And maybe because CP3 is small as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think on that link, I think what he, one year he averaged like 31 and 11. Mm-hmm. He was athletic, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think, cause I mean, this dude wasn't really six one man, and now he, yeah, he was one of my favorite players too. I would park my 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 little lanky butt in front of a TV and watched when uh they played, man. Yeah, and so yeah, I default to CP three, but uh, yeah, and some levels, Zeke, the original Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Not the not the not the, the two year wonder, but uh, <laughs> I don't mean talking about nobody cousin, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, oh my god, <laughs> John Havlicek, Hondo Pavlicek. Wow. Hmm. Some level, Scotty Pippen. Mm. Hondo was a great defensive player. He came off the bench of his own volition. I think he played into his late thirties. Uh, I think six five, mm-hmm. but he 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 could do it all. Mm-hmm. He he played a couple positions, and even though he chose not to start, he definitely ended the game. So yeah, does Scotty have more athleticism? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just from that defensive end and know how to do everything. Uh that's kind of a comparison to me. I'm interested to say who 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 you guys are watching him. Who did you think? Um Pavel check. I think Pippen was probably maybe that was that's pretty good. Maybe like Kawhi Leonard a bit. Yes, there you go. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, yes. yes, great choice there. Yes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Kawhi. I like that because he was yeah. a good he was a good two way as well. So yeah, that's really good, Leon. Doctor J. Half man, half amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was me. I was just gonna say, I'm like, BC, you can't go wrong with that. Because yeah, uh, the doc did not develop a jump shot until like his last two or three years in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, when he wasn't this high flying anymore and everything. And what's so crazy about him? They say we saw his. They say that his best games were in the ABA. And he came over to the NBA and dominated. I mean, was easy top three to five player. Uh, but I think about 
Vince Carter, who became more of a three-point threat at the end of his career than he was driving to the rim. But it wasn't a while them jets to get up on you and still mm-hmm. make you a poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Freddie Weiss. <laughs> yeah. And and a gentleman of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I like what he did. Um, well, actually, both were gentlemen of the game. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice to see uh, Dr. J as an ambassador and, and Vince Carter, mm-hmm. you know, going to these bad teams, being a mentor, especially to the Hawks and Grizzlies, mm-hmm. you know, doing it with no uh, no ill will, not ring chasing. Mm-hmm. Teaching, them, teaching them how to uh, be professionals. Yep. A lot of players need that, man. They, they got to have that mentor. You got to have somebody that he's been, what, how many decades? What was it, 30? Three decades? Pretty yeah, much? Yeah, covering three decades in, what, 22 yeah. years, 23 I mean, years? That's crazy, man. Like, that that's the person you need on the team. that You can look at him and be like, hey, what should I do in the league? And, you know, how do I approach everyday life as a basketball player? Like, I would look to VC. That's easy. Easy choice. And, and, and you know what, Jacob? Mm-hmm. At his advance, they still better than some Bulls and Knicks. And that's true. That's true. Man, he played a pre. It was during the preseason. Man, he hit like six threes in a row. He's coming up the court. It's Carter. Uh, let's take it back. I'm going to wait. I'm going. Uh, what is this? Like 15 years ago? What's what's going on? But yeah, he's definitely amazing, man. That that dude is. It's just weird to see it because when he first came out. You know, so I'm in North Carolina a little bit. Then he comes into the league in Toronto, and then the stuff he can do. Until this day, that 2000 dunk contest, it, we're at the house and we're just like, what? <laughs> what? Is, we all, especially the freaking honey dip, we put your arm in the rim. We went outside that next day. Leo, you remember, we're like, all right, we're going to try this. Yeah, I'm going to try it. Damn near hurt my, I hurt <laughs> <No>. my elbow. <laughs> Hurt my Man. wrist over that. Cut up. <laughs> I think best best in game dunker I've ever seen. Mm. Better than Dominique. Yes, I to me, Dominique and Sean Kemp are the two most powerful dunkers mm-hmm. I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. But I just think best in game dunker I've ever seen, and it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Was Vince Carter. And before that, I would have said Dr. J probably, but yeah. my God, I mean, yeah, well, this, he, well, he you would think that. that he did a 720 instead of a 360. Man. <laughs> 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 just like, <laughs> I was just going to bring that one up. When he took it, he cocked it in the game, he brought it around 360, like it was nothing on a fast break. That was <laughs> kind of like, 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 like me eating a sandwich. <laughs> Picture perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No waste in motion. No boom. Yeah, yeah. Man. George Gervin. Man, ain't nobody smooth like the Iceman, man. Oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, finger roll. Man, that dude was so smooth. Uh, okay, this is going to sound crazy. But as far as like having no conscience, I'm gonna go with James Harden, uh, with George Gervin. But mm, okay. James Harden has a '70s kind of game to me, though. Mm-hmm. James Harden played like an old man to me, 
And so, but Iceman could just shoot it from anywhere and had no conscience, man. But uh, who was as smooth as George Gervin? I mean, he was just so smooth, man. That, that's I, hard. I thought T-Mac. <laughs> See, I think McGrady's more athletic. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. he, McGrady can feel it. I'm, I'm still, uh, y'all, y'all finna be mad at me. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out do he really belong in the Hall of Fame, but that's a, that's a different. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, that's uh, that's actually one of our uh, upcoming shows real soon. We're gonna have a good uh, Hall of Fame debate, so you know, stay tuned for that one. I, I, I think he is. But let, let me know. Felipe and I did a, sh- a show on baseball, mm-hmm. and I just about emptied out the Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> I, my standards for the high for the hall is here. There's the mm-hmm. hall of good, the hall of K, the mm-hmm. you lucky you made the league kind of hall. Mm-hmm. But but see, I know the standard for the hall is different because it's not the NBA hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he has no college career to speak of. Mm-hmm. Right. I own a Tracy McGrady uh high school jersey. Mm. Uh sleeveless thing or whatever. I was just looking at it uh this morning. I was folding up some clothes. Yeah, my wife made me put my clothes up and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I was looking at it this morning. And I've had this for like over 15 years. My hand mm-hmm. of God. You know, with COVID and everything. It was the first time I put it in the washing machine. I used to send it to the cleaners. I was like, get this. This, <laughs> this thing dusty is going to the washing machine. <laughs> it's already Tracy McGrady, but no, and I love Tracy McGrady. But uh I think I got yeah. one. Who you got? I think I got one for George Gervin. He because I was watching as I was watching the thing about it, what brought it up was the horse game he had with um the halftime horse competition they had with Pete Maravin. Mm-hmm. How he was basically shooting from like the same area. He kept taking jump shots, and I'm like, wow, he he definitely had the range. He would have had the range if they had the three, you know, three point line or whatever. KD, you don't recognize how smooth KD is, and then you really watch him play. KD is a smooth dude. Ah, I, I just thought of it, Paul George. That's another one. That's another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like your smoothness on KD. Yeah, but yeah, Paul George. Now remember, mm-hmm. Gervin, you said he had the three-point range. Mm-hmm. He was in the ABA, so he came from the three-point league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see the Paul George. Except Paul George plays defense. George wasn't interested. <laughs> was not interested at all. Oh man. <laughs> We looked at like some some other um, other people in these games. I was pretty interested in um, Jacob. You mentioned Dave Bing. Mm-hmm. Under underappreciated. I don't care what anybody. He was one of the most underappreciated players. You then you watch another one when you watch him play. You're like, man, this guy was good. Mm-hmm. And then you you really you really wasn't he one of the top fifty players at one time. Either he was or he was right on the outside. I think he was. I think he was. I think he was. 
it's this revised list where people want to push him out. Mm-hmm. And, and I, later for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because now, this is going to sound controversial about the top 50. And do I think he's one now? Yeah. But at the time, I didn't think Shaq belonged on the list. Mm-hmm. And I would have pulled at that time, because well, Shaq was like three years old at the time they had the top 50 list. Mm-hmm. At that time, <laughs> I would have pulled put Big Bob Lanier in there. Mm. Piston Center. That's another name. And I think I sent you guys, you know, because like you know, everybody doing the Euro game now, you know, shoot from outside. Uh, did you guys have a chance to look at uh, Bob McAdoo? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> they they actually made a record about him back then, man. And uh, the only thing I remember from it is like, who's gonna steal that ball from you, McAdoo, McAdoo, McAdoo? <laughs> he, he, he can fill it up, man. I mean, he by the time he got to the Lakers, you know, he was the sixth man and everything. And uh, you know they wanted that shit, but mm-hmm. he was. I think it was. I think he was on the Buffalo Braves mm-hmm. with the guy who was the Iron Man at the time, Randy Smith. Randy Smith was an unappreciated guard. Uh, I think he played like in about nine hundred straight games. It was either nine hundred or seven hundred. Man, yeah, dope man. Back then, man, you know, guys like man, if my neck ain't broke, I'm playing. You know. <laughs> there, there was no low management, man. You know, and, and I, I, I didn't realize uh, like Doug Collins, like he was a sniper. <laughs> Doug Collins was great. His, I mean, it's hard to play without knees. But uh, <laughs> matter of fact, world. Doug Collins, he got elected to an All Star game, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm gonna be in the league a little longer." I'm not going to go. This is Hondo's last year. Since Hondo. Mm. Yeah. But Doug was the number one pick in the draft. And and he was he was legit for real. He was legit for real. Wes Unso. Uh, yep, there you go. Man, can I tell you, there's only three people I imitated on the playground now. Magic Johnson, like everybody else. I had developed a little corner shot, so I was Larry Bird. But when I couldn't, you know, when I was just like, only thing I could do is play defense and rebound. We play whole court. I wanted to be West on sale, man. Just snatch the board. Yes. Now, I've never seen this, but legend has it that one time he snatched the board turned around in midair and outletted it down without a bounce. I can't verify that, but, you know, that's one of those legend things. But for somebody to be six, seven, and can do what he did, Mm -hmm. Robin played defense like that. Uh, Ben Wallace attempted to, but they didn't have the versatility of his game. I mean, just think you're MVP and rookie of the year all in the same year. You take a team to the playoffs. You're playing against Lou Alcindor. You're playing against Bill Russell. You're playing against Will Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Willis Reed. All of these great because the misnomer is is that, and I looked this up. There's like, well, all the centers back then, you know, when Wilt was playing, was like a uh, six seven. No, the average height of the centers was six ten, six eleven. But excuse me, here comes. 
West at six seven. The only comparable player I have to him, but which plays a different position, and so and it's not a perfect comp, but reminds me of the size is Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. But I don't know because the only other player I remember his size. I mean, there was a player that was playing back then, played for the Kansas City Kings, uh, which I think are now the Sacramento Kings, by the name of Sam Lacey. He was an undersized center. Um, but I think Barkley is being undersized. Uh, but of course, who can bring the ball up and everything? Mm-hmm. I can't think, um, but today, mm-hmm. someone who could rebound and score like West could and defend. I'm not sure. Who, who yeah, comes I, to mind? At six, seven, uh, probably Barkley. Other maybe Millsap, but I put West over uh, six about a six seven center. Uh, hmm. The only other one possibly was Kevin Love, but he's a bit slow. I was just, I was just about to say Kevin Love. <laughs> yes. But it, it, I mean, he's like one of a kind. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I, I could throw on a game with him tomorrow because I I would love to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I loved watching him and Elvin Hayes uh, play together. Man, they had a uh, Jacob. You on your computer? Maybe you can check this. What's up? I think that they had a player. I know he played on the Bucks, but I think he went to Washington when they won their championship. They had a small four by the name of Bobby Dandridge, who can put it up mid range. I've heard of him. Uh, yes. I've heard of him. Yes. Who can fill it up uh, mid-range like that, man. And uh, just think of, 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 of a former to a front line like that. You got Elvin Hayes to just, you know, walking double-double. Wes Unsell, double-double. And you got a smooth shooter like uh, Bobby D. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't touched on this yet. Now, there's been many GOAT debates. We have not gotten to who some say is most forgotten. Mama call him Lou. We call him Kareem. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's your thoughts on Kareem? I think Kareem, and I just refer to him as Lou Alcindor for that one year that he played with the Bucks and won mm-hmm. the champ. I definitely respect him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thoughts on him: I think that he's arguably the greatest college player to ever play, and I'll say the top three. And uh, my top three would be, and you take them in any order you want to: is him, Bill Walton, and uh, Kristen Leitner. Uh, for college players. Mm-hmm. But you can reasonably make a GOAT argument for Jabbar. People talk about the skyhook, which was pretty much an unblockable shot, probably been blocked two or three times. But I think he was a six-time MVP. Mm-hmm. He was the finals MVP at least a couple of times. He was defensive player of the year a few times. And so they forget about how good he was on defense. 
This is a man, we talked about Vince playing long. This man played till he was 42 years old. The only blemish on his record, and I, I saw this and it, I still cringe to think of that, is when he knocked Kent Vincent out in the middle of, in, in a game. He heard Kent Vincent coming towards him, a fight had broke out. And Benson was out for the year. I mean, he just, he, he waylaid him. The only punch that was worse than that was when Kermit Washington broke Rudy Tom Johnson's face. Yep. But uh, Jabbar, you can reasonably, to me, there's only three people that you can put in the GOAT argument. Let me say four, I'm sorry. Uh, but three for me. You can make an argument for Wilt who my dad said was the greatest player he ever seen play. Uh, Michael, Jabbar, and I'm not I'm not mad at the people who want to put LeBron up there because for me, LeBron is the most physically gifted player I've ever seen. But Michael is the best player I've ever seen, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And, I ain't dropping. I ain't dropping pills. I got to take my allergy medicine. No, no, you can't. <laughs> I want to say I was doping and taking uh, what's those gummies or yummies or whatever, man. I got. I got. I got to stay on schedule with my allergy meds, man. As I get jacked up. Yeah, but I think he is. He is so forgotten about, mm-hmm. and that's not even including him from a civil rights standpoint, mm-hmm. humanitarian, and all of that and everything. Uh, yes, Magic lifted the team to a championship, mm-hmm. but Jabbar mm-hmm. was great before Magic ever got there. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was responsible for getting Oscar Robinson the championship in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. After that, Milwaukee perpetually lived in basketball hell. And when I say basketball hell, you're you win 50 games a year, but you're just right in the middle. You'll never go past the second round. And you'll never be bad enough to get uh, generational talent. Whether you got one now in Giannis. But, you know, it was during that time in the 70s. Bucks going to come win their 45 to 50 games. See you. I had a second. You got Marcus Johnson there. Uh, who was in White Man Can't Jump? He was the one who, who, uh, who was holding up the store. That was Marcus Johnson. Yeah, that was Marcus Johnson. Uh, huh. And you had uh, Bobby Dandridge on some teams. Uh, I don't know if this was the 80s or not, because I know Milwaukee Rand had a nice little streak. They ended up with Paul Presley, I think Sidney Moncrief, players like that and everything. Mm-hmm. But it took him coming to the little small town of Milwaukee. Well, I guess it's a major metropolitan city, but it's a stepchild to uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got the big O. A ring at the end of his career. One player, I have to ask you. One of the most, I think, because at the time, I think he was so overlooked because he was in the whole Wilt and Kareem thing, Nate Thurman. Thank you. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I remember when they traded Nate Thurman to the, uh, to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Nate pulled up in a Rolls Royce. He had, I remember, I was watching Channel 2 News for him. <laughs> he pulled up in a Rolls Royce. He had a floor-length mink coat on. 
and <laughs> Nate had uh, this style, and Nate was at the end of his career. We traded we traded him to the to the Golden State Warriors for Clifford Ray, who helped the Warriors win the championship in 1975. Mm-hmm. Nate, which I which I believe he sell great barbecue now. They say uh, it's so undervalued, so underrated. Mm-hmm. Leanne, I know I just be having these thoughts just 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 leak out my head. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, that's I know a lot about nothing, thing, man. man. Uh, but Nate Nate is undervalued, man. Very undervalued, and he can hold his own with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we tended to get players in Chicago after they had been hurt and passed their prime. It's like the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like the Knicks. Two biggest. Markets, man. You know, look, LA is a freak thing to his own. Okay, oh, and Leon, what's your team, man? Nets. Nets. I'm, I'm sorry, we need to talk to you. Uh, that's uh, because <laughs> y'all just listen. Can, can, can I take ten seconds to just run on his team right quick, man? You're going to regret signing Kyrie. You're going to regret it. Ty, Kyrie is so talented. He's not a leader. He's selfish, man. He he need a ball off to himself. He just need everything. He's a baby. As talented as he is, and this is blasphemy, what I'm finna say. Mm-hmm. I'd rather stick with Zach Levine leading my team than Kyrie Irving. That is sorry. No, no, it, it, it's fine. It, you know, when this all went down last season and D'Angelo Russell led the team, I wanted them to keep Russell. Mm-hmm. I never I wanted any. I never wanted any parts of Kyrie, but I also knew that it to get in order to get KD, you had to get Kyrie and package deal. He's a a coach killer, man. He's a career killer. (laughs) Yeah, man, you you gonna be begging for the ghost of Keith Van Horn to come back? Yes, he brought it up. (laughs) He brought my guy up. That was my God. <laughs> we are when he came into the league, that was my God. Huh? Keith Van Horn. I saw it. Keith Van Horn. Yeah, that was oh, my God. That was my God. Keith Van Horn was so soft. I couldn't stand him. Leanne said, y'all done lost your mind. Keith Van Horn, boy. I couldn't stand him. Man, but think of the history of your franchise that the dude wanted to get it out of there so bad he got on drugs. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Michael Ray? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Richard. Man, that dude right there, man. Yeah, Michael, he finally came to the Michael Ray was great, man. He was the only player that Magic said he was afraid of. He was Magic before Magic. Mm-hmm. Michael Ray was the truth, man. Mm-hmm. He he was the he was the truth. Oh yeah. But man, I funny. mean, but man, just, I mean, the NBA was cocaine, man. <laughs> I mean, now if you ask Michael, is that what I'm <laughs> 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 I, I didn't do none of that. I mean, I didn't but but he won't learn, though, man. Look, uh-huh. that the championship seventy eight seventy nine. That was the one of uh, Magic won Ricky year, right? Or the seventy nine eighty. I think it was 7980. 7980. It was on tape delay. This is how the contract was. They had already celebrated, went out and got drunk and everything. It was on tape delay on CBS. 
the league, white people were afraid of the NBA because you had these big black guys and they, you know, the rumors, they was all cocaine up and everything, man. I mean, I think it like the Bulls had Orlando Woolridge. He he was uh, 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 drugged up. Uh, what's the kid name from San Francisco that they had? He was a guard. He ended up washing out the league uh, all drugged up and everything. Uh, he was not a huge I can't think of that game guy name. Not world be free. Um, not in his quietly. Uh, I can't. I can't think of the guy name. But uh, yeah, so the NBA man, they had they had a drug problem for real, man. They had a drug problem for real. Like, and white white people were afraid, man, uh, <laughs> of it, and so that made it not a uh, good for TV. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to have people, you know, running to the stands, all that. And you mentioned that Kareem Punch, I mean, he did train with Bruce Lee, so it, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see you ever see Kareem on uh, Airplane? No. <laughs> that movie, you got to check out the movie Airplane. Yeah. Kareem had a cameo in that. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but uh, that's that that's that's the uh, that's the go people for me, man. Was it John Lucas? No, he was a he was a great player. Now this guy, John Lucas, came to the Bulls late in his career, I think. But John mm-hmm. Lucas, the number one draft pick, I believe, in the Houston Rockets. And not only was he an excellent basketball player, now, it was his son who sucked. I used to call his uh, I used to call his son YMCA. Uh, it because he his game looked like a wreck ball player league. But John Lucas not only was uh, man, this preacher mean Andy man. Uh, this <laughs> John Lucas was not only a world class basketball player, he was a world class tennis player as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, one guy he couldn't stand. We found him on two teams. Uh, Don Chaney. Oh God! Oh man! Why do you like Don Chaney? Man, did you remember him as a coach of the Knicks? Man, I, uh, brother, I could not stand him. I don't. Maybe he was a great player. I give him that. I, he had a little bit of defense, but him on the sidelines. Oh, good God! Oh my God! <laughs> I like your restraint for not cursing. That was that was pretty impressive. Uh, um, and you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to respect the I'm trying to respect the past. I I always respect that. Like, you know, you know, you know me. When I get upset about something, somebody annoys me. But Don Cheney, he just had this stank look on his face all the time. And it just oh man, when you think of Don Cheney, you think of like Clarence Motherfool, LeVar Post, all those guys. Oh yes, I would watch every se- every game of that season. Clarence, Westwood, Hostel, who else we had on that darn team, man? Oh, I'm thinking about Quentin Daly. Quentin Daly. I just saw that name. I just saw that name. Yes, Quentin Daly. Yes, yeah, they man, really, that uh, yeah. They really have a problem. Yeah, Terry See, You feel about Don Chaney the way I feel about uh, Cameron Payne. Oh, oh, he was supposed to be good too. Says who? 
<laughs> Come on, I'm did, did anybody watch him play? I saw a few. I saw. I saw a few games. No, I mean, I mean, like on the pro level, like. Did oh, no, I, really? I, think, I think I've seen him play with Oklahoma City. I think. Okay. They brought him Oklahoma City. I remember I saw him mm-hmm. play like a couple of games or whatever. I mean, I just know he's lefty, and I, like I said, coming out of school, I thought, hey, I thought he was supposed to be good, but. You know more than I do. A lot of people look good in high school. But that's true. That's the, that's the tallest midget award. <laughs> but man, like we talking about like oh, great. you're a number one draft pick and I can see if there's nobody else on the board. But I used to get and my brother and uh, another buddy of ours we had his text read. And not only was I aggravated with the Bulls, but then like, you keep putting camera painting like he can play. <laughs> and now that he hit two, three pointers in a row, he thinks he can play. <laughs> it was okay when he felt like, okay, I got the ball, I need to pass it to somebody. You're just a guy to give this guy a little bit of rest. But now you fool the coach. Because he's no good. <laughs> and you fooled yourself. And one of my favorite sayings is my own quote, that self-deception is a crime against humanity. So you deceived yourself to think that you can play. But everybody else knows that you can't. And people see you dribbling, and the rest of the team like, oh, man, we might just go, go down court. He's going to miss it anyway. You know, he, he ain't good for three in a row. You know. And like, no, I... So, yeah, I... And I'm not that guy who, like, hate on athletes or whatever, man. Like, some of my favorite players are guys who were just, like, no good. Like, yeah. I used to – yeah, I used to love Granville Waiters, man. He was, They used to call him the human victory cigar. 7-1, the Bulls, they'd be winning real big. Everybody want Waiters to come in. It was a guy who started on the Bulls, ended up on the Lakers, uh, Mark Lansberger, <laughs> big, burly white guy. Lo- loved him. I – would wear a Dave Corzine jersey if I wore jerseys like that. You know, because I appreciate your grind, man. Mm -hmm. You know who you are, you know, and like, okay, I'm like, that's that's what I loved about Tom Borwinkle, man, from the Bulls, that high post center, he can pass out the high post. He knew what he was and he appreciated it. He played within himself Mm -hmm. and he understood that, man, on this night, I'm good as anybody, but this night going to end. And I'm going to go back and be myself, man. You know, not and not that you don't work to get better, but you don't have to lose just the grandeur either. You know, like, man, you know, like, it, it's just like when it, when Michael made up the thing on the documentary, like LeBrack Smith had dissed him or whatever. No, LeBrack Smith knew who he was, man. You know, mm-hmm. just so like, like, had a good night. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, so yeah, man. I, I'm sorry I went on the rant about camp. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Cool. So, you mentioned Kareem Humanitarian. This week he came out with a few words regarding the recent events. Many of the players have been going out in protest. Um, the league is slated to return, but I, I think there may become a decision where it they have to decide between playing 
and going out and protest for social reform. Um, I, I I hope they play, but I wouldn't be upset if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareem, Michael, and LeBron, they've made recent statements lately. Um, I don't know. I did. Guys, thoughts on any of the uh, words they had said or your thoughts on the events taking place? Mm. Uh, you know how I already feel about this. It's I how they're coming out. I, I love when the players come out because obviously it's a, they use your platform. You have it, use it. You know, and they know what's going on because at the end of the day, you know, those guys are just like us, you know, regular guys trying to make it, stuff like that. And maybe they had injustices done upon them that we don't know about, that they don't bring out, but they understand. You know, you see the Dame Lillard's out there, you know, the, who else was out there? Bradley Bill, I'm pretty sure he was out there. Mm-hmm. Bradley Bill, you Westbrook. know, Westbrook, Towns, all of them, they out there coming together. I love seeing stuff like that. And it makes me feel like, okay, once we, and that's the thing, we gotta, like I said, not, not trying to make it to the whole, you know, black was the right thing, but as a, as a people, as black people, we gotta come together. That is the most, that's the strongest force. If you come together, you cut out the violence and all that stuff, that, that, who can stop? Who can stop it? Who can stop a movement? You know, it's, and it's disheartening because you don't see enough of it, but it shouldn't take something like this, as I've been thinking, something like this shouldn't take us to come together. It's supposed to be all the time loving each other. Like, yeah, I consider y'all my brothers. Everybody in this room, I consider y'all my brothers. I will take the shirt off my back, any one of us, anyone. And, but going back to the Dolan thing, then you get somebody like that, you know, our team is biggest, most profitable team in the league. What do you say? Some nonsense quote. That took you two days. Like, really? Look at your team. Look at look at your roster. Who do you have on that team? And you couldn't make a a simple, you know, we're we're against this. We will stand behind it, and we get nothing. And now, how is that going to affect your players when they come in? You know, they come into your office or they got to speak to you. They're gonna like this guy's not for us, not at all. But it's between back to the point I just I like it I like how they're coming out you know Michael you know donating we all know he how he get down but hey he, he's doing it <laughs> I mean he went out and did it donated said a word if it was genuine I hope so but but I want to see more of it if they don't play the season I'm, I'm fine with it it would suck but I'll be fine if they said no we're gonna continue to we're gonna protest I have no problem with that I personally, this is, this is, uh, this is so important to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm the old guy of this group. I'm, I'm 56. If God don't kill me, I'll be 57 this year. And I'm having conversations that I was having 40 years ago. When I first learned how to drive, my, my parents always had to talk with me. I was blessed to have my mother and father in the house. My father passed and be four years ago, but I remember when I got my license and they told me, listen, when you get to this little town, drive five miles on the speed limit. They talked, you know, had all that. I went to a predominantly white high school. Uh, um, coming from the neighborhood I came from, I was not 
prepared for high school, even though I had the highest scores and everything, um, the disparity and everything. And so seeing these athletes who are making these statements and putting their money behind, I'm glad they used their platform. I was telling Leon before you got on Jacobs that Sunday, uh, I was part of a, a protest march and we walked uh, from one spot down to the police station, which was uh, 1.7 miles away. And the police, they escorted us. And it was one of the most momentous days of my life because uh, two young men from my church were with me and uh, they look at me as father figure. So they, you know, besides calling me pastor, they call me a uh, dad or pops or whatever. And I'm, I'm honored of that. They don't have to do that. But I began to think about this my dad used to march. So here I am. I'm stepping in the steps of my father. But now I have a nine-year-old grandson. And what dawned on me, the normality of this was that he will probably have to replicate my steps. Because as much as we say we've made some progression with some things, mm -hmm there still has been a pulling back because uh in 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 let me just put it in this lane the biggest thing that happened with all of this is that when you had kaepernick protesting that he allowed someone else to tell his story and to take the yep. narrative mm -hmm. never let anybody take your story and tell their story so here you have the the leader of the free world who has co-opted this with other people. You spoke about James Dolan, people who really just look at the players as commodities. Yep. And we have a house divided among our own selves. So me being out there with over a thousand other people, it, did I risk the thing of getting COVID? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I was masked up in this and then if the end of my family we had three COVID survivors, including my uh, youngest daughter, who had to come back home. But it was worth this cause. This, and I, I had this frame of mind, and this doesn't make me a hero, but I just got to tell you what my mind was at. That if I contracted COVID and I died, and if it was going to make brothers like yourselves life better, my grandson life better, other black, other people of color life better, then there was a cause that was worth it. If they never dribble a ball this year, because I was reading something a couple hours ago before I talked to the other class, that now there's talk that they might not do it. I'm okay. I'm a big baseball fan. This was the first year in four or five years that I was really looking forward to the season. Now I'm, I'm ambivalent. If they don't do it, they don't do it. Because we as a people, not only are we underserved health-wise, health we're getting COVID quicker than anybody else, but we have a second pandemic that we have to eradicate, which is racism. And if we can eradicate the racism, it'll start speaking to other things. So I reject that whole thing of when people talk about there's black on black crime, let's stop the foolishness. It's just called crime. If you look at the FBI statistics, every nationality killed their own the most. But that's again, someone else spinning your narrative yep we are upset when we kill our own yes we are we, ha we we had 60 people killed last week it was the biggest 
murder, the biggest crime murder thing in Chicago in years. But that has nothing to do with those who are charged to serve and protect us. That's that's different. So if they don't play and the players put their money up and everything and they are doing these different things, God, God bless them. Because and I'll I'll be quiet after this. I've said this that if I can go to lunch with about four or five people who are living now, I would have Jabbar, I would have Jim Brown, I would have Bill Walton, and I would have Ann Meyer on my list. Because I know all of them. And you notice I named two white people as well. Mm-hmm. But I know all of them can tell me a story that has something to do with the struggle of civil rights. Because mm-hmm. and I, I look at my, I, I believe she was drafted in the 10th round by the Indiana Pacers and was one of the last cuts. Whether it was, whether it was publicity, publicity or not, this was back in the 70s, I believe. But looking at and appreciating this to go back you know as, as much fun as we've had doing this tonight i appreciate you all looking at the historical aspect of something and not just saying that uh the 70s was trash or the 80s was trash and it's not me being an old man on the line and say don't piss on my game or whatever no mm-hmm. i've evolved and understand and i enjoy the beauty of the game mm-hmm. but it shows me that you have enough sense to appreciate the historical uh, the, the shoulders that it was that, that it was put upon. And so, man, don't dribble nothing. I don't care. Let's get society fixed. Then we can start dealing with more equitable things. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 my spiel. That's the and trust me, that's the Reader's Digest version of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh no, it, it was great. Because, you know, it, it's always, it's always you. great to have, you know, someone of your stature and and give us words of wisdom and, and just because that's knowledge and experience that we obviously don't have but mm-hmm. it um i'm grateful you, you shared it absolutely um thank, I was, you. No, thank you all man this man look i'm gonna tell you this has been fun to me yeah let's say this to jacob if i can and look man i love teaching man um I love teaching, I love preaching, and I love art and everything, man. Man, when you guys hit me up about doing this, I was like, this is the funniest thing I'm going to do. So I bet you, I told, the, I told the young lady who I was teaching for, listen, I have another call at 8 o'clock, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think you got to be long to be strong preaching anyway. I'm, like, I'm going to be 45 minutes, and I'm going to be able to grab me a bottle of water, eat a biscuit or something, and come on uh, to this, man, because I one I, I I believe in balance, but mm-hmm. just the the fun of this and to me, uh, it's educational both ways because mm-hmm. you guys were able to pull some players out as a comp that even though I know these players, man, I have forgot about Kwari Leonard didn't hit my head, man. And when you said Kwari Leonard, I was like, no. <laughs> Yes, yes, this is what's up. Yeah, and so it, it, brought, it brought a full circle, man. And man, let me salute y'all, man. I love to see, and I love everybody, man. I do. I love to see intelligent, forward-thinking black men. I Thank do. you. Man, you, you guys are valuable, man. 
and everybody always talks about um, what is history going to say about you. I'm like, what are we going to say about you now? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I, I'm one of these people, like, I think about the future or whatever, but I'm so concerned about right now as well, mm-hmm. man. So, man, brothers, take your story and own it, man. Sure. And don't be afraid of the, the evolving of your mind and, and things like that, man. And I love it, man. I'm so glad to put some faces with it, too, man. You know? Oh, man. Oh, sure, man. <laughs> and I'm glad that y'all teams are trash like mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some complaining. <laughs> me, hey, man, wait, before we go, let me, let me ask you guys one question. Mm-hmm. Knicks, Nets, Bulls. Based upon your management and all of this, who do you think gonna win the, the the next championship between those three? The Nets. I will give it to the Nets because their their ownership is awesome. I can't I can't front. You know they turn that team from a ten win team, and you know even having the old Giza and K and it hurt to see KG old because that's my favorite player. I I hated to see him there, but how they went from that having no picks, you still traded away Damian Lillard. Ha ha. But um, just seeing that, I mean, just they did. They turned it around. They turned it around. I'm not a fan of them getting rid of Atkinson. I'm hoping Knicks swoop them up, but I see Tibbs in the future. But I think the Nets. Uh, I think okay. they might bring one to Brooklyn. I don't want to see it, but, hey, if it does happen, it happens. But I don't want to see the Bulls either because I've seen enough in my lifetime. I'm good. Ah, 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 ah. I'm good. <laughs> Purgatory. I'll say the Bulls are much closer than I than most people realize, mm-hmm. only because of marketing. If they can find some way to like please them with something, mm-hmm. closer gotta go. I love Laurie. I actually think he's the best player on that team. I I, I know I'm in the minority on that. I just think he's so unutilized, man. I, Jim Borland is an assistant coach, period. Period. Mm-hmm. I wipe the towels off or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no love for the Knicks. Good God, no. Have you seen these ticket prices? Man. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Trash. All kind of basura. All of it. All of it. I mean, I I don't know how I get, I'm telling you. I have I'll say I missed past five years. Like I told me, I think I missed like one game. Right how bad they are. I said my grandmother, God bless her soul, you know, that passed away. She was like, We always would, no matter how bad they were, we would always have a conversation about the game. Well, Jacob, so what happened? Yeah, it's still horrible. And my grandfather now, I'll still do it. It's more like a baseball thing with the Mets with me and my grandfather, but Basketball was me and my grandmother's thing. Like I would sit there, and we were watching NBA classics and stuff like that. And to this day, they're like, "Oh, Jacob, you know, before she passed away, oh, who used to play for this team? This, this? and I'll have it just like that because I used to watch a lot of it more than I do now when I have my kids now. But I watched so much basketball and I loved it, and that was our bonding point. But even though they're bad, like I said, the next day they bring families together. That's awesome, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Definitely That's awesome. do. I don't think I'm going to see any kind of winning in the next five years, but give me some good players out of it, maybe. 
Please. We'll see. RJ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> man! It's it's been great uh, having you on, man. This is thank you, thank you all, man. Thanks for the invite, man. Great, and uh, I'm a good. I'm gonna go eat my dinner now. Yeah. I, man, look, I don't even eat this late, man. But I just told my wife, man. I ran in there, there I kissed go. her. Uh, did whatever she told me to do. You know, you got to do what she tell you to do. And then uh, facts. I was like, I'm linking in. Zoom, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, man, this has been fun for me, man. I appreciate you. you guys to the, to the highest, man. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate All right, can we, can we play one song before we, we sign out? So if we're talking about 70s week, we're going. You hear it? No. Hold on, let me turn it up. Hold on. A track player. Yeah. I don't know, man. Deli P Funk. Yes. The mother shaking up and calling it. Man, when I was a kid, I got to see Boosty Collins in concert, man. Oh, that's awesome. And he, he he came down at the ceiling in a bathtub, man. Was, <laughs> I was about, I think I was about twelve years old. And my parents let me go to this concert with my cousins. It was my man. I was like, wow, what are these funny cigarettes these people smoking, man? <laughs> and I still remember the good time he had, man. Oh my god, talk about a throwback. Wow. Uh, this is I, I got to pay royalties once it's going on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is going to, so uh, I had a couple of people who might want to watch this. I could send this to them as well. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll upload it uh, tonight. I'll send out the link in the morning and I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you know. Okay, man. Hey, fellas, I appreciate y'all so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. And all thank right, you man. all who have tuned in. That's it for this episode of Step Back. And uh, until next time, ball out. Sir.